You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. He said amen and amen. Praise God. Well, I'm so excited about preaching today. I always am, but I'm excited about teaching truth that will set you free. I'm going to be ministering to you today on how to get back things that have been lost in your life. Maybe through this time you've lost some joy. Maybe through this time you've lost some peace. Maybe through this time you've just lost that closeness that you once had with Jesus. How, how do you get it back? I know when I misplace my keys or my wallet or whatever, what I generally do is go back to where I was until I find the item that I'm looking for. Now, as many times you have to go back to the place you left it before you can retrieve it. And I'm going to show you some truth today that I am really fired up about. This truth is so awesome because it shows you how to recover all that's lost. But it shows you how to do it. And the key to it is many times we have to go back to the place where we left it in order to receive it. Now, I want to start with the text. If you would, I want you to look uh, on the screen here, Revelation chapter 2. And this is a condition of the church at Ephesus. And it says this, Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now, I want you to notice in the text here, he's telling them to go back to a certain way of doing things the way they did it in the past. And he says, if you do that, you're going to not experience this judgment or discipline of having your lampstand put out. Now, I'm going to say something here. I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit reveals sin to us, but the devil reveals sin to us as well. The difference is in Scripture when Satan or demonic spirits reveal sin to you, it's always filled with condemnation and guilt and always causes you to run from God. But when the Holy Spirit ministers uh, to you and reveals sin to you, it causes you to draw near to God, not run from him. That's the difference. That's why in the Garden of Eden, uh, when Adam and Eve were hiding in the bushes after they had sinned, uh, they told God we're naked and God said who told you well God didn't tell them they're naked Satan told them they're naked and so uh, there's two voices here that reveal our shortcomings or whatever in our lives and you have to be able to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit in comparison to to the voice of demonic activity and this text proves this it actually shows how the holy spirit will minister to you but as he ministers to you it always draws you near to him not, not away from him it draws you near to him now here it says that if they don't go back and start doing the things they did in the beginning that god is going to extinguish the lampstand in other words he's going to put out their fire now think about it for a minute 
They have fire right now. They have zeal right now. They have a special anointing right now at the church at Ephesus. It's powerful. But he says, if you don't go back and start doing the things you did in the beginning, your, that fire is going to be put out. Now, see, that's the way the Holy Spirit ministers. Listen, he's ministering to you. He said, listen, I want you to go back and do this because uh, I know you haven't noticed it yet, but if you keep doing this, it's going to result in you losing this. That's how the Holy Spirit ministers. He wants you to not lose what you already have. And if you've lost it, he wants you to go back to where you were or when you left it and begin to do the things you did before to get it back. Think about that. So powerful that God would do that, that God doesn't just wait until the fire's put out. He tells you what to do before the fire goes out. That's the way the Holy Spirit does. And, and many of you, let's be honest about it, you've lost some peace. You've lost some joy. You've lost that thrill in your voice that you had when you came to Jesus. I believe today that God's going to give it back to you, and as he gives it back to you, you're going to be blessed. Always remember this. It's only a matter of time that you'll lose out on something if you stop doing the things in the past that are producing positive results. It's only a matter of time. You can't be carnal for any length of time or a long period of time where it doesn't have a consequence. It doesn't affect your joy or your peace. You might think it's okay in the moment. I've seen people, you know, that are being carnal, doing stupid things. And they say, oh, I'm feeling great, Pastor. Well, you may be right now, but it's going to catch up to you. The Holy Spirit wants you to go back and do the things in the beginning that you did when you were sold out, that you did when you were fired up because of his touch. Go back and do those things so that God can minister to you in a very, very powerful way. I don't know, when you think about it, how often do we forget about prayer? I used to pray every day. Now I pray maybe on Sundays. Or maybe I pray just four or five seconds or ten seconds right before I go to bed. Sometimes we just need to go back to what we left to be able to receive back what we've lost. Something empty in your heart right now? You probably need to go back to something that you left behind. You left, back, you left behind the intimacy. You left behind the the holiness you left behind the sanctific sanctification the consecration you left that behind you need to go back to that and if you do you'll recover what's lost Whew. that's good preaching and i'll tell you it will minister to your life when you practice this in your life i want to show you something in second peter chapter 2 verse 2021 20, and it's a it's a little bit difficult verse but I'm going to show you the importance of believing to the point that you get that miracle, that miraculous in your life. A lot of people think everything's just instant, 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 instant. And the reality is, Jesus said, if you continue to abide in me, if you continue to believe in me and abide in me, the truth would set you free. But he didn't say, just because you believe now, bam, you got it. There, there had to be a continuation of it. 
And sometimes we leave things behind. We stop doing things that we should keep doing. But look at what the text says. For if after they had escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled to them and overcome, the later end is worse than for them than the beginning. Now watch the next verse. For it would have been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Now he goes on and he says, it fulfills the prophecy that a dog returns to his vomit or a pig goes back to the mud. Now this is really a powerful statement. Peter is saying, listen, it would have been better for them not to have been enlightened by the gospel of Jesus Christ if they didn't follow through with it to the point that the miraculous happened in their life. That's what he's saying. Jesus taught the same thing when he said this. When a demon comes out of a person, he said that it goes out into dry places, then it comes back. And it says if, if the place inside of the person is empty, in other words, if that individual didn't bring Christ into his life, that demon comes back with seven times more demonic activity than he had before, than the person had before. It's the process of believing to the point that the, miric the miracle happens. A lot of people are in a pre-salvation state. They're not born again yet, but they've been enlightened by the Spirit. Let me give you an example of this in, in, in my own life. When I came to the Lord, it was when I was in my 20s. And what's interesting about the story is that I'd gotten to a place where I, I wasn't even sure there was God. And one day I was at home and my wife was at church and God spoke to me. I just knew it was God because, you know, once you start hearing people speak to you, it gets your attention. I just knew it was God. And, and, and God told me to read, open up the Bible and read, and I read it, and I realized he had to exist to write that book. And I remember I came, uh, my wife got home, and I said, Honey, I believe that there is a God, and I want to go to church next week and get saved. Now, she was kind of flabbergasted about the whole thing. Well, a week goes by, we go to church, now understand, I've just started to believe, but I'm not born again yet. A week goes by, and I go to church, and the pastor gets up and preaches, and then he gives an altar call, but he didn't have me go forward. And I did the confession of faith sitting there while everyone else did the same thing. And I said, Lord, that it's not, that's not enough. That's not, that's not enough. You've got to have him call me forward. I don't know why. I just said, you've got to have me call. And now I'm praying, and I'm not even born again. I'm praying, and I don't even have the Holy Spirit. And the next week goes by, so this is two weeks. I'm believing, I'm enlightened. Two weeks, I believe in God. Two weeks, I'm praying. And I prayed, and I said, Lord, talk to him, have him, have, have him come forward. And he did. The uh, following week, I raised my hand. He said, I want you to come forward. I came forward. All these people came around me, prayed for me, changed my life forever. I was radically born again at that point. That was two weeks 
I believed without experience of the new birth. Do you understand what I'm talking about? In other words, sometimes it isn't instant. Sometimes there's this process that we have to go through. And what's striking about it is the fact that God answered my prayers and I wasn't even saved. See, a lot of Christians say, oh, God never answers the, the person who's not saved's prayer. He does sometimes when the individual is seeking after him. He does. I can show it to you in the Bible. Centurion, he wasn't saved. And he was praying to God, you know, for the fullness of what God had. And God sent an angel to minister to him and said, I want you to go to house of Joppa. And I want you to get a man by the name of Peter and have him bring him to your house. And he remember the story. He preaches the sermon. Spirit of God falls over all the Gentiles. They get filled with the Holy Ghost and born again. That was a prayer that was answered when he was unsaved. It shouldn't be shocking because the new birth was not provided until after the cross. And there's loads of people in the Old Testament, even people who didn't serve God, who prayed for some reason, and God answered that prayer. I'm saying this so that you understand that the miraculous happens. We get enlightened by the Spirit, and we begin to believe, but we have to believe to the point that we get the miracle. And sometimes people just won't jump in all the way. And that's why when I preach this about recovering what's lost, sometimes you've left the commitment that you had that got you saved in the first place. Sometimes we leave the, the, the zeal or the level of, of, of sanctification that the Word teaches. We've left it. Think about the moral standards in America, how they're slipping and slipping and slipping and slipping and slipping. The movies now that are would have been X 20 years ago. The movies that are P, come on, let's be real about it. The standards in Christianity have been lowered. And you'll lose something if you lower it. You've got to be sold out for God and, and you have to go back to what you left. This is a principle of God's Goodness, And I want you to write this down. If you're going to get back the things that you've lost, you've got to go back to what you left. If you don't go back to what you left, you won't get back what you've lost. Now, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. I want you to hear my heart when I say this. Some of you have left the intimacy and the prayer and the zeal and, the f and just the commitment that you had when you first came to Jesus. You were in every service, of the, every time the doors were wide open, you were there. Now you barely show up when, when the church is open. And you're losing something. You got to go back to what you lost by going back to what you left. And if you do that, you will truly be blessed. I'll show you an example of this in Scripture. There's a story, one of my favorite stories about David. This is before he's king. He's got 600 men. They're warriors. They've all uh, come around him to help him support his cause, and they would go around and defend all the cities in the, country, in the countryside. But he's got an anointing on his life to be the king of Israel. But... The first king is still in office, 
So he's waiting for God to promote him to that place. And they're all in a, a place called Ziklag. And that's their launching place. They go out and, and minister and, and protect people. Well, they come back after a battle. And the city's burnt down and the enemies have come in and they've taken their women, their children, their grandma, their grandpa. Took them all into slavery. And they're gone. They don't know where they're at. They have no idea. The men are so upset about it that they've wept so much that they can't weep anymore. I don't know if you've ever done that. I have. And then they turn on David. And they're considering stoning him because, after all, we were following David when all this mess happened in the first place. So David is upset. But you know what David does? He goes back to what he's always done, and he goes back to hearing from God. And in the story, he encourages himself, and then he seeks the Lord. And the Lord says, I want you to pursue him, and you will recover all. So he couldn't recover all until he went back and did what he had done before, and that is seek God when you're in trouble. Seek God when you need a miracle. Seek God and wait for an answer before you do something. He had to go back to something that he did in the past, something that a lot of people leave. They don't do it anymore to recover all. And then the men that were considering the stone of him, they had to go back and not leave the commitment that they had towards David as their leader. And as soon as they did that and followed him, they went back and recovered all. And they did not only recover all, all the, all the individuals, but they got the spoil from their enemy as well. And David took that spoil and he gave it to all these different cities that had been ripped off from these enemies and created favor with all these people, which promoted him to be king of Israel. But it never would have happened if he didn't go back to what works. He had to go back to prayer. I'm going to pray until I hear God. I'm going to pray until I get that breakthrough. I'm going to pray until I do that. And his men had to go back to the original commitment that they had given David. And that is, we'll be loyal to you. We will fight in faith for you. And we will fight battles for you because this is a good cause. We believe in it. They had to go back to that. I don't know about you, but being a pastor all these years, I've seen people that started out totally committed miraculous things happen in their life they're changed i mean addictions drug addictions break off their life and they're following god and and they're serving and they're giving and all that and i've seen over and over again where it starts to slip off they stop doing what they did in the beginning start slipping off and all of a sudden you hardly see them in church at all of a sudden they're not volunteer hardly anymore and when you talk to them how are you doing oh i'm doing great i'm doing great i'm doing great yeah but what you don't realize, you're about ready to lose some stuff. Just like the church at Ephesus was. It was on fire. It hadn't lost fire yet. But it was about ready to be extinguished. And then I've seen ones who did. It was extinguished. They go, I don't know what's wrong, Pastor. I just don't. I don't feel God like I used to. I don't feel his presence. And I don't know what's wrong. Maybe I really wasn't saved from the beginning. No. Go back. And do what you did in the beginning when you were sold out. When you were hungry for God. And you wanted God with all your heart and with all your being. Go back to that and God will bless you. 
See, when you leave something, you lose the benefits. If you leave a company, you lose the benefits of the company. All the perks, every company's different. Some companies say, well, this is one of the perks, you know, we give you this, this, and this. Uh, when you leave that company, you, lo you lose all that. Same thing happens with relationships. A lot of people, they've lost many things in their marriage. It's not like it used to be. Now it's just kind of routine. Now it's kind of like, well, I just do this, and there's not that chemistry there was the, like there was before. And it's because you have left spending time with her or with him. You've left that time of being understanding and, and, and listening to each other and enjoying it. You've left that. And because of that, you're experiencing loss. But all you got to do is go back. Go back to what fired you up in the beginning. And begin to do it all over again. Go on dates again. Be romantic again. Don't be all fuddy-duddy. Keep the fire burning. It's because we leave things. We do, we, we do things instinctively when we're in love that are, that are good. But then you start to lose that and you stop doing those things. I'm encouraging today that even during through this quarantine time, listen, we may be quarantined from other people, but we're not quarantined from God. And God's here and God's ready to minister to you. But some of you got to go back to your commitment the way it was before. And don't let the world determine your standards. I was listening to this, or I read this article about this church in Florida, and, and they'd got into the grace message, and I love preaching on grace. I believe in grace. And, and they just, I'm free from legalism and all that stuff. And so they had a party on the beach, and all the girls are wearing bikinis, and they're drinking wine, partying, and all that, just boasting and saying, oh, we're just free, we're free. No, you're stupid. Because you've lost the standards the word gave us. You think because grace you could do anything you want to do. No, there's, 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 a, there's a, a God's laws in your heart. And you know the way God is, the way his word is. He doesn't want us to be intoxicated. He doesn't want us to have loose living. You got to go back to what you left if you're going to see the glory and the power of God. Uh, you could say the same thing about health. When people lose health, why do they lose health? They generally lose health. Not every time, so don't write me and say, you know. But why do they lose health? Because they stop eating right and they stop exercising. When they were eating right and exercising, they were healthier. It catches up to you. Go back and do the things that brought the best results in your life. And with Jesus, it involves every aspect of our life. Now, here's another one. If you've lost your joy, go back to praise. Go back to worship. Go back to seeking God and praying and worshiping God again. So often we think, oh, you know, that's for new people. What? No, it's for everybody. If you don't have a praise life, You'll lose your joy. Praise life is so important that even when the bottom falls out, the Bible says, count it all joy. Praise life has to, we got to go back to it. 
We can't become religious and sit, stand in the back of the church, you know, and watch everybody else do things. Go, well, you know, I'm kind of above that right now. No, no, no. You get back to worship. Get back to praise. Get back to getting excited for God when you're singing instead of a bump on the log. Say amen if you can. If you can't, just look sour. But accept what I'm teaching today because it is the answer. This is how you retrieve things. This is how you get back what you lost. You got to go back and start doing the things that you left in your life, whether it's prayer. I mean, think about it for a minute. All of you have sport life. All of you have a Netflix life. All of you have a home box office life. But do you have a prayer life? You used to. When you were in the hard spot, you had a prayer life. When you came to God, you had a prayer life. I remember when I first got saved, man, when I'm in the shower all day long, I'm talking to God, I'm, I, my prayer is just going bonanza. Why? Because it was new, it was fresh, and it was God's will. If you've left that and you hardly pray at all anymore, go back to it. Because you're going to lose something if you don't. And if you've already lost it, you won't get it back unless you go back to what you left. I'm telling this because I love you. I wouldn't just preach this for kicks. I'm preaching this because I love you. There's a really high cost that a person pays when an individual leaves the things that God gives them in the beginning. There's a high cost. I'll give you an example, the story of Samson. Samson and Deliath. Samson, strong man, defeats his enemy. Samson, when he was being born, the, the angel told his dad he needs to take a Nazarite vow. Now, a Nazarite vow, not to get into it to too much detail, Part of it, you would drink no wine all your life. Another part of it was you would never go to a funeral. Another part of it is that you would never cut your hair. That was the vow that Samson had made. And as long as he kept doing what he had done in the beginning, he was strong. No one could bind him. No one could overcome him. No one could destroy him. But his wife started nagging him about, what's your secret to your strength? And nagged him until finally he told her the truth. He said, well, it's in my hair. And he fell asleep and his hair was cut off. And the enemy came. And he jumped up and the Bible says that he was ready to do what he usually always did, but the strength was gone. Why? Because he had left doing the things that he'd always done. He'd allowed something into his life that brought a great loss. His eyes were plucked out. Of course, we know the story that he repented and his hair started growing back. And they put him between the pillars and he killed more people in his death than he did in his life. And that's all wonderful. But there is a cost when you stop doing the things that you did in the beginning after you came to Christ. There's a cost. There's a cost when we lower our level of holiness 
to the level that the world thinks is good. There's a cost. And a lot of Christians need to evaluate that. Is the way that you're living, is it measured by the word or is it measured by the world? Because the world has no idea of what's going on. They are blind, and if we follow their curve, we're in trouble. We need to go back to what it takes to be a Christian. I'm all in God. The way I think in my heart, what's in my mind matters. I can't window shop with my eyes checking out women. You told me not to do that. I can't allow pride to come into me and, and speak more highly of myself than I ought to. I need to uh, deal with the lust and, of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life in my life. And I need to live the word of God out from the written word inside of my heart. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus approach this situation? That's my standard. I can't lower it because it's not accepted anymore. I got to go back to it or you're going to experience a loss. That joy and that victory that you have in your life right now can be lost. I run into Christians all the time that have lost the victory. If you've lost the victory, you need to go back to the word. You go back to the word of God, start wording the word of God and start studying the promises again. That victory will come back to you. And God will let you be depressed. God will let you run around being woe is me type thing. You've got to go back to the word. That's what gives you the victory. It doesn't come through tradition. It comes through the inspired word of God, through his promises. And when you do that, it changes your life and transforms you. See, a lot of generational curses are really the byproduct in a Christian's life because they've, they need to go back and start doing the things they've left in the past. If they would just go back and start doing the things that they left in the past, whether it's prayer, whether it's praise, whether it's going to church, whether it's serving, whatever God has led them in the life, if they go back and do that, that generational curse will be broken and there will not be that ongoing onset of problems in their life. But a lot of people today, and to this generation, this me generation is like that. They want all the inheritance. God, give me all the inheritance. I want all the inheritance. I want all the blessings. Come on, give me all the inheritance. But yet they don't want to have to live the way that the Bible says to live. They want all the goodies without the sanctification, without carrying up their cross, without denying themselves. And you'll experience loss when you do that. But if you say, Pastor, I... I remember time I used to pray in the spirit for hours. And it helped me so much in my life. I remember one time I taught a series on praying in the spirit. And a lady came to me and she said, you know, I haven't been doing it that much. And I started doing it. And she just like lit up. Every week she'd come back to church here, just face was lit up. She said, oh, I can't, I can't believe how great I feel now. And it was just something she had left. She had stopped doing it. She had practiced it in the past, but she had left it behind. And she missed her blessing because of that. But she got it all back because she went back and she did what she had stopped doing. And God restored everything in her life completely. Let me close with this illustration. You all know this, most of you do, the story of the prodigal son. He's living in the father's house. Father's everything that he could ever imagine that he needed in his life. He's got it all. And he says, 
he says, Dad, I, I want my inheritance because I want to do something myself. So his dad finally gives him the inheritance before he dies. And the son goes out and he spends it on righteous living. In other words, I got the blessing. I got the inheritance. But I'm going to just live any way I want to live. And he does that. Yeah, I'm buying everybody the drinks in the bar, in the hub. I guess he would be the popular one. And, oh, yeah, go to so-and-so's house. He'll provide all the beer, whatever you need. He'll provide all that. And he was living high for a while. But it's only for a while. It won't last. It won't last. See, he left the father because in the father's house, he had to live by certain rules. Father wouldn't allow him to have concubines or have illicit sex in the, in the father's house. He wouldn't let him do it. He wouldn't let him get drunk and taking drugs in the father's house. So he left the father's house because of the rules in the father's house. And thought he could have the inheritance without the rules. And you know what he ends up? In the pig's pen. And then finally it dawns on him. What in the world kind of a dummy am I? I'm going to go back to my father and ask him to just hire me as a servant. I know he treats servants better than these people are treating me. And you know the story comes back and the father runs out and embraces him. Puts a ring on his finger. Puts a robe on his back. Woof! Blesses him with all the blessings. Why? Because he was back doing what he did before. Living the life that he needed to live to enjoy the inheritance. You'll never enjoy the word of God. You'll never enjoy the blessings God has with you if your standards of his word are left. It won't work and you won't see the blessing of the Lord that God has for you. Do you understand me? I want you to evaluate this because I know a lot of people have been spending a lot of time on the computer, a lot of time on Netflix, a lot of time watching TV, a lot of time. Don't neglect to pray. Don't lower your standards. Keep them up so that God can bless you. You know, as I'm ministering this, and I want to close with this, there's two groups of people I'm ministering, people that are born again that have just lost things. But I'm also ministering to people that have been believing, they've been enlightened, I've been in church, God's answered a few prayers, whatever, but you're not born again. Because you never went far enough. Just when the commitment got a little bit tough, you backed off, you weren't willing to do it, and you didn't experience the new birth that you need to experience in your life. I want to pray for you if, you've, if you don't have that total assurance that you're a new creation, that you're begotten of God inside. I want to pray for you. And I want you to pray this with me. Just say this with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Because I am today confessing Jesus as Lord of my life. Not over some of it, but over all of it. And I know, Lord, it's a process, but I'm willing. And I declare him as Lord of my life because he died on the cross for me and was raised up on the third day for my justification. Thank you, Father, for saving me today. Because today... 
I'm no longer running my, my life. You're running it. Because Jesus is my Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. You'll notice on the screen, uh, if you text the word Jesus and the church phone number, 253-859-0832, they will give you some information. They'll send it to your house because we want to get you connected. You can't be a Christian and not be connected. And we have on social media now, we have Zoom meetings. You can get connected with people. You can have Bible studies, talk, whatever. And this is all temporary. This is not going to last very long. Eventually, you're going to have to get off your duff, get in your car, drive to church, be involved, take the time needed to be involved. But when you do that, God will give you a great blessing. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm going to release a blessing before I let you go. But I want to encourage you again. I'm really pumped up about the drive-in church. I've been in prayer. I've done so, so many things to try to get this thing to get the favor. Now we got the favor. I'm believing for souls. Uh, it's going to be good to see people in their cars. But I'm believing that the unchurched will drive by and go, Boy, we can't do anything anyway. Let's drive to church and just sit in our car and listen to it. Be praying. Mother's Day's coming. It's going to be awesome. The music's going to be outstanding. We got it all set up in the parking lot. It's going to be wild. So let me release this to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I would just release the blessing. Father, let this week be the best of all. And Father, we thank you for the favor to do everything that we do. And we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out riveroflifefellowship.org, our mobile app, and our podcast. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at River of Life Kent to learn more and keep up with everything that's happening at River of Life Fellowship.